What's up, Jay Brones? Live from Toronto, Ontario, and Kansas City, Missouri, this is the Torture Rack Podcast. I am your host, Mark Bask. My co-host is John F. Malta, and we are very happy to be here with you, our friends in wrestling. John, say something. Let the people know you're alive, pal. The gates of hell have opened upon the wrestling world. Alistair Black has been released from the WWE, and we are in for some incredible matches, my friend. Holy shit. Could not believe this one when I read it today. Alistair Black uh, and, as I always say, the American Kenny Omega, Buddy Murphy, who I think could have some absolutely sick matches in AEW, uh, as well as Ruby Riot. Lana. just terrific and so underused by WWE. Lana, who... Hopefully join Miro and AEW. And Braun Strowman, who was in the three-way title match two months ago and won the Universal Championship from Goldberg. Yeah, beat Goldberg. At the last the last WrestleMania. I know that he was just a replacement for Roman, but still the person you're putting in that spot, presumably you would think about in like second position behind Roman. And I don't know, uh, Braun's just been a consistently entertaining performer. I just, and he's a big guy that Vince would love. I just, I don't, I don't understand this one. I guess it's because he gets paid so much. Yeah, I was surprised when I see, when I read the list this morning, when I woke up, it almost seemed like a, uh, par- like a, like yeah, a Yeah, parody, news. like a made up list. Yeah, well, Alistair Black just started debuting a new character, like, two weeks ago. It just reaffirms like you said that it just wwe storylines just do not matter at all they're just the content between the wrestling matches that they can cut into video packages yeah wrestling uh, and storylines don't matter really especially like is it has anyone beat goldberg except apart from um brock and braun i can because goldberg beat person. dolph right when there was that like, kind of like <laughs> makeup match yes he squashed dolph I think he pinned him like five times or something, or he just gave him the spear like five. The match times, was long, actually. Remember, it went on over and over again. It was like he, not that bad. You don't remember this match? He literally just came in, speared and jackknifed him, pinned him, left, and then Dolph was like, "Come on!" And then he came back, speared him again. Then he left, and Dolph was like, "Come on!" And then he speared. Him. You don't remember this? Dolph it was like, like evades. Dumbest... I think you might be misremembering it. I think you may be misremembering it. I remember hit being us up sh- in the comments. I remember. I remember we were shocked because it was like a like we we're like this is just going to be Goldberg winning immediately, and he didn't win immediately. Okay, maybe it went on like for a couple minutes. Because Dolph that, evades that his was the spear and throw and like super ending. kicks him right at the beginning. Okay, so it wasn't five seconds, but that did happen where he came back in like five times. You don't remember that? That was like one of the I don't know. Silliest yeah, things. I don't remember that. But I just remember it being like, "Wow, that match is actually pretty good." Like I was, go- I just remember because I was going into it thinking like, "No way, dude, not going to be good." And it was, it was pretty good. Like I remember, like oh, probably like B minus match for me. Uh, I remember when we were setting up for this podcast, we were like, "Let's uh, this will be a quicker one. It'll be just <laughs> double or nothing." And I think spend at least five to seven minutes on Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg <laughs> from like three fucking years ago. <laughs> But yeah, I'm so excited to see if Aleister Black ends up in AEW. Like, I just feel like he could be absolutely in that title contendership picture, like, alongside Pac, Kenny Omega. Dude, inject Buddy Murphy, Andrade, Samoa Joe. Like, 
Oh my gosh. There's the the free agents right now in wrestling would be a sick it's a wild time, yeah. Yeah, I, all of those people could go. <laughs> well, yeah, Alistair Black. All of those people could go different places. Awesome Kong. Too. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, we always talk about AEW because it's a thing that we watch. And it's also the thing where we're thinking about the dream matches with like John Moxley and Kenny Omega. But yeah, there's a lot of potential for, you know, some of these people maybe go to New Japan, Impact. You know, we can't just assume just because Miro is in AEW that like his wife is going to come to. The, but. I really wish they had let go Adam Cole so he could come to AEW and be alongside Britt. Yeah, it might be. Maybe it will happen eventually. Uh, Do you think uh, they're going to sell WWE? Seems. I mean, all everything I've read online about it, it seems like that's why this has happened. It just seems weird. Yeah, like Braun. Braun to me is less like a. He is a WWE guy. Like, just like Taylor made for. Yeah. Like he does comedy, he's a he's big. He can throw down a mattress when he has to, like in that totally. crazy Clash of the Titans four way and other matches yep. too. He had that, you know, when I, I when everyone was like a like really like high on Braun, um, when he was feeding Roman, uh, and yeah, just it's that that one is the most bizarre to me. I yeah, I, every other one I totally understand. They like don't know what to do with them, but this one it's like it would be like if you read like in nineteen like two thousand one like WWE releases Kane, right? Like, that's a good why comparison. would they do that? Yeah, like and he's over. Like I mean, as a fan, I am so psyched to see what happens with Alistair Black, just because his matches in NXT are probably some of my favorite things that have been produced by WWE over the last like five or six years. So. That yeah, is totally. very exciting to see him anywhere. Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, AEW, of course. But just thinking of the different people he could fight and the, the different matches he could have, totally incredible. I feel like there needs to be some kind of like Worlds Collide singles tournament that like Buddy Murphy, Kenny Omega, Alistair Black, Andrade, some New Japan guys, like almost like a, not the G1, like a Super J Cup. I was going to say best of the Super Juniors. Yeah, like a Super J Cup, but then for like heavyweights, like some throw some Ojo in there, uh, dude, dude, Switchblade, Okada. Can you believe what a crazy time for wrestling that we live in right now? That we're talking about all these free agents that could go any of these places, and we're talking about the Forbidden Door being like kicked wide open, the like inevitability of like a Kenny Omega Okada rematch possibly with like the aw and the H- njpw belts like if not on the line certainly in the ring you know what i mean yeah it's just absolutely bananas yeah as covid keeps getting improving in the states it seems like that forbidden door is really on its way to being like really blasted open uh not to mention the second forbidden door which is myself yourself and tommy <laughs> getting together and going to an full AW gear st louis paper Full gear. We're gonna we're gonna try for it. We're gonna try for full gear. John's probably gonna also go to uh, all in because he's a superstar. Oh, I but, think uh, so. Yeah. Speaking of AEW pay per views, we watched AEW Double or Nothing 2021. John, what did you think of the pay per view overall? I think overall, my like my this was my favorite AEW pay per view. Best pay per view in the history. of of wrestling <laughs> changed the game not i mean probably not but like it, it personally i think in the history of aw my favorite all front to back show that they've done so far uh i would say it's for me it's close between this and 
Revolution 2020. Mm-hmm. Revolution. Revolution was like Pack and Orange Cassidy, Young Bucks and Omega Man. Young Bucks versus, uh, did you say Omega Man? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> the name of the documentary, but also like... Hangman? <laughs> yeah, short Hangman and Omega. I, Omega thought we, I thought we had decided their nickname was Cowboy Bebop. You can't change the game on me like that. I'm good with uh, Omega okay. Man. All right, main event was John Moxley <laughs> versus uh, Chris Jericho, right? And where where Moxley won the the yeah. title, Pack defeated Orange Cassidy in one of the best matches. MJF defeated Cody. Um, I remember that being good. Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander, yes, Omega Man, Darby <laughs> Allen versus Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager. Oh, Darby Rose. Sammy too. Yeah. I don't know. See, this, that, that to me, though, it's still like I, the, high, the high points of Double or Nothing 2021. I don't know, man. I Like I messaged you guys, it reminded me of like the WrestleMania that took place at Caesars Palace. WrestleMania 9. Just the outdoor. The notoriously one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. I love time. that pay-per-view. Like, I know you do, man. Because uh, you got the VHS. Exactly. And it's just great. Like, I don't know, just the atmosphere. Like, I think most outdoor shows, regardless of the quality, like, regardless of quality, uh, I'm a fan. They have a certain energy yeah. to them, certainly. No, I love outdoor shows. I loved that this was Daily Place. You know, the the, the sky was open. Uh, super cool. I would say, and we'll, we'll talk about the matches individually in a second, but I would say two booking decisions I would have made to make this, like, because I, I agree it's, like, at least in the top three, if not the best AW pay-per-view ever. But to be one of the best pay-per-views ever, I would do two things. I would take the Cody Agogo match and put that on as the main event of the Dynamite leading up to this. So the, you know, double or nothing Dynamite, you could call it. Be a special Dynamite, you know, just like Thunder Rosa and thing was the St. Patrick's Day smash or whatever. Um, do that. And then I would switch the order of the matches and put... The Kenny Pack uh, Orange Cassidy match on last, and the the um, Stadium Stampede two as the penultimate match. What do you think about that? I think with the way that that match ended, Stadium Stampede, it's just that had to be last. Not because it was cinematic, but because it was like just the singing singing along to Judas and the the ex- huge explosion with Inner Circle in front of it. It just like. It felt, again, there have been moments in AEW so far that feel like, oh, that was the season finale. That felt like the season finale to me. To, to me, the problem is is that you have a live crowd and you're making them watch a pre-recorded video for the last, like, ten minutes of the pay-per-view. And then, really, the stuff that happened in front of them was only, like, two, three minutes. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't long. I think I would enjoy that as someone who's gone to a lot of wrestling shows. It's like, most of the time at an AEW show or a New Japan show, you never want to leave. That gives you an opportunity to like go get a drink, get some food, go to the bathroom. The main event, yeah, gives you a chance to go <laughs> to the bathroom. All right. Anyway, let's get into these matches. <laughs> I don't think we'll agree on. I don't think we'll agree on this. But yes, it was absolutely stacked card. The pre-show match: Serena Deeb versus Riho. This is you know one of my favorite matches of the night. I think Same. one of the best AEW matches of the year. It was already a great matchup: uh, Deeb and Riho during the AW Women's Eliminator Tournament. But they really brought to the next level here by really playing up Serena Deeb's inherent heel energy uh, and her, like, using that in her sadistic submissions against Riho. Against Riho's 
you know, much more babyface agility and, you know, heavy, heavy strikes and drop kicks. Yeah, dude, like right from the start, uh, I loved how they established Deeb as the heel with Riho extending her hand. Deeb slaps yes. her in the face, Riho fires yeah. back. Then Deeb threw down a bunch of sick strikes, like very, like the energy right at the start of this was so great outside of the crowd, just like the energy between Riho and Deeb, you know, totally. yeah, whips Riho off the ropes, Riho evades, throws on a drop kick, followed up by a huge knee. And then one of my favorite moves that Riho does is her cross body. And it's just like, you know, it's like some yes. Air Jordan hang time on it where it's like almost like there's like a stall at the top of it or something. She's so light. It's like watching like the original Spider-Man before they got good at CGI. That's just like, but in reality, but in reality, yeah, she's just, yeah. And she's, she's such a great baby face. Um, And I think you had said that it really truly proves that like the language barrier does not matter. Like when it comes to wrestling, you had heard someone say that. Oh, right. Yeah. Billy said that to us in his interview. Like we were asking him how that works with wrestlers that might, not uh necessarily um speak the same language but in this match it's very apparent like the fluidity of it is just like they're working together in tandem yeah each each of them knew exactly where to be in just this way that they were they're so in sync kind of similar to like in a different in the same way that like the golden lovers when Ibushi and Omega tag together there's there there's just this energy between them where each of them knows where the other is going and that's yeah i feel like that in is why they're a great tag team and in this this is also why like Riho and Deeb work so well together probably why that match they had on Dynamite was like one of the highest watched matches in Dynamite right. history right, i right. think if i'm remembering right because they're just so so good together yeah, Deeb's power is just really so complimentary to the like Riho's high flying style. Like they have just great clashing chemistries, um, and I loved how even during this match, like we said, that Deeb was working real heel energy. She was really wrenching the knee. She had, I think, she did like it was like something like six or seven different uh, submission moves that involved the leg, like different leg locks and stuff. One of them, like she had her the legs bended up onto you know her knees, and then she started wrenching. Riho's nose. Oh, like just like yeah. pulling her nose and head back. Others, yeah, just different leg locks, Boston crabs. Uh, and right at the end of the match, when she eventually won, she was like pounding Riho's knee into the into the, the canvas, which leads me to believe that there could be a, a rematch of this because, you know, it really seemed like Riho could have won this match if not for Serena's just absolutely vicious targeting of her leg. Right. So if Rio could evade that, hit some more like power strikes, uh, power drop kicks, like I think we could possibly be seeing uh, a new NWA Women's Champion like sometime in the future. It'd be so cool but, to see uh, Rio hold that belt too. Like oh yeah, the matches she someone from AEW it. holding holding the belt. You know what I mean? Like it's been normally right. Yeah. NWA homegrown talent. Totally. Or not homegrown, but like currently under contract. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out this really sick move that I've never quite seen. Serena, while targeting the leg, did a double leg dragon screw leg whip. Oh, dude, yeah. Where she just basically like tossed Riho like into a corkscrew Crumpler. and just like yeah. spanned her across. I think it only really works because Riho is like so light and is able to pull it off. But yeah, it's just a great move to summate like how their energies work so well together. Yeah, and I don't know, just the way that they work together throughout that match. Serena kept trying to hit the deep talks but could not pull it off, which then resulted in her having to kind of just go wild and drive Riho's yeah. knee into the ground. and then Yeah, it had to be submissions because she couldn't get that, again, because of the agility and sort of uh, evasiveness of, of Riho. 
Uh, this was awesome. A great, great start to, if not the pay-per-view, at least the pay-per-view night, because this was on the pre-show. Uh, and I think if anyone didn't buy in already uh, from the card, I think that that would have done it. Uh, John uh, gave it an A. Uh, I gave it an A minus A. So together we give it an A. Uh, great match. Another excellent match was the opening match of the card. Hangman Adam Page versus The Machine Brian Cage. Another rematch of a match we've already seen on Dynamite, but again, one that just took it up to the next level where it was like there's a clear distinction between what's happening on Dynamite and and, and what's happening on this pay-per-view. But yeah, what did you think of this one, John? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I think my favorite singles match from either of them in a long time. That's a good point. If not ever. That's a good point. I can't think of a better... I can't think of a better Hangman match in AEW than this... um, not including the tag teamwork that he's done. Yeah, I'm thinking specifically singles. I think maybe the only yeah. other match that comes to mind immediately is uh, Hangman versus Omega. Uh, but at- even then, it seemed like they were holding something back. Like, we didn't get all the all the drama at the end that we would usually get. It was just mostly, like, Hangman couldn't quite hit the uh, the buckshot, buckshot lariat, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kenny got him. You know, it was, like, the kind of the first big move that got pulled off. So it felt like... Right. The first, you know what it felt like? The first stage, I think I might even say this when it happened, but like the first stage of a game that you're supposed to lose, where you fight the boss, right. but I'm you're pretty underpowered. Sure you did, yes, totally. Like the, when you see uh, Seath the Scaleless in uh, Dark Souls for the right. first time, you have to and die. You, and if, if you go you with all your die. souls, you lose them all. Uh, in this case, it really felt like Hangman with all of his guns firing. So that's right. why I really it's a good this point. Movie. Yeah, this was like Hammerstein Ballroom Hangman, like jumping off totally. the balcony, doing moonsaults. And we've seen him do a huge moonsault, like right almost at the start of this match. Uh, really, Yes, really sick moonsault uh, off the top rope and onto Cage on the ground. Right, which was, yeah. Yeah, I just love how nonchalant he is when he does it. Like he doesn't really check that much. <laughs> he just kind of goes for it. Yeah, it seems um, very natural. A lot of his moves, like that, his moonsaults and... Clearly, too, the Buckshot Lariat's one that requires a lot of coordination. I, you know, like, watching... Well, it proved Ca- it because Cage went for it and didn't quite... Uh, it cost him. No, and did and not have, like, the sort of uh, agility and, like, yeah, coordination that Page does where he just kind of glides through that move. Um, yeah, the just the athletic ability it must take to really, like, launch yourself over the ropes in the way Page does is... Totally. Uh, he makes it look very effortless, so I think it's, like, really kind does. of, like... Yeah. Uh, it's probably not that hard to do, but it and obviously for someone like Brian Cage, who's like piles and piles of muscle, it's like that's a very hard thing to do, even for someone who is like pretty athletically built, as too. freakishly agile as he Brian is. Brian Cage is pull, for such a big person, yeah. yeah. Brian Cage pulls off some sick kicks, dude. Like, he did bicep curls with Cage during this. I love that move. <laughs> yes, I love I love Cage in just ultimate like <laughs> show off mode. Bicep curls right at the start of the match, he uh power bombed hangman into the ring post outside the ring oh my god yeah and i just like didn't know how they did that i was like dude that's brutal like it's like a buckle bomb but into the steel uh yeah absolutely brutal stuff but uh ultimately like we said uh cage goes for the lariat doesn't get it it allows hangman to take back uh control and then later starks and hook come out uh throw him the ftw try to help him cheat yeah but Cage refuses to cheat, further um, cementing uh, Cage's most likely leaving uh, Team Taz. And uh, that little distraction gives Hangman that momentary edge. He hits the Buckshot Lariat. One, two, three. A minus for myself and John. Uh, yeah, absolutely terrific opener. 
yeah, cool that the crowd is so squarely behind Hangman. Uh, and just, yeah, it seems likely that he may be champion within the year. I think it's going to happen at full gear. Before this match, I wasn't sure. But, yeah, this match... Seeing him in front of the crowd, seeing how hot he is still for the crowd, and seeing him be able to be that underdog and beat someone like Brian Cage, like, it means more than when he just beats, like, old man Matt Hardy. Right, and Brian Cage looked like a monster in this, too. Yes, Brian Cage, like, again, because of that little distraction, Brian Cage got to, like, um, keep a little bit of his his strength. um, Yeah. And just sort of show that Team Taz is kind of holding him back it's interesting that him and lance archer both are brian cage and lance archer like they're good about like making those guys look like maniacs like really huge strong just like destroyers despite the fact that i i would think their win loss records probably more losses than wins at least in significant they look good in defeat yeah uh as well which is important they they look good in defeat they probably get squash matches on dark people, and elevation on yeah. dark and stuff to like bring their numbers up but yeah in a lot of the big matches i can't think of a big match that lance archer has won yeah or brian cage or brian cage but yeah again that that just speaks to how how good they are with their roster uh of making people look strong and menacing that like people can take losses and it's not like now you're bumped to the lower card I guess you know that's I mean? like everything think, in AEW. We don't think though. about any of these people like Baron Corbin or anything. There's no one that looks bad in AEW. Like same thing totally. the, the 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 veterans that they use. Like you know everyone everyone has their place and like you know what they're doing makes sense or has a story or like you know has meaning in some way and looks good you know in that way. Totally. What was so good about this pay per view wasn't just that the match quality was very strong. It's just that it had so many great moments that like gave you like shivers in your spine um i think the biggest one that happened uh in the early part of the pay-per-view was the wild thing entrance oh my uh, god John moxley eddie kingston through the crowd to a capacity crowd for the first time eddie kingston just like glowing can you imagine like his life like going from like you know selling the wrestling boots to like fighting Cody on Dynamite. A year later, he's already main event in pay-per-view <laughs> against Moxley, and now he's, like, walking in to this, like, absolutely insane reaction from, like, 10,000 people. Dude, it makes me so happy just seeing... Yeah, that that entrance... Light, it's so cool with their licensing music. That version by X of Wild Thing is so sick. The version Onita used, like... I love that uh, tweet that was, like... There, are, I don't know if it was Voices of Wrestling, but someone was like, there are actually human people who thought that Wild Thing would not work as an entrance song. That's nuts. Yeah. And the second the song hits, everyone, Moxley and Kingston come out. The crowd is screaming. There, Moxley has like crazy crowd energy and has to throw a chair. Like I've rewatched the entrance more than Chugging anything else on the show. Chugging beers, slamming the can in his head like the Sandman. Yeah, I, I've, I've rewatched it probably like at this point like 12 or 13 times like it's just so like cool to see that kind of entrance again and yeah watching eddie throughout the whole thing like i feel like everyone that if you didn't pay attention to eddie during that entrance go back and rewatch the entrance on youtube and only watch eddie and just watch a person experience like such pure joy like he is so happy in that entrance and it's so cool to see because they're both such like wild brawlers tough guys but they're both love them as so happy to be there and just totally yeah they just have so much energy and then yeah they brought they brought it throughout the whole match and now also we have but heel bucks 
Finally. Finally. Like, Finally. Dirtbag. In their prime. Bucks. Dirtbag asshole. Nick's got like, the worst <laughs> dye job ever. Looks like Chugi Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, they. that's like... Oh my gosh, going back to like some of the things that drew me back into wrestling, it's like seeing the two of them and Kevin Steen on shows on YouTube, like doing crap shops. I honestly and, like, feel like it's going to feel this way when Cody finally turns heel. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's totally. It's going to be like, w- did we just allow him to have like a two and a half minute entrance like every single time that he, not even just <laughs> fighting, but just coming out to like talk to Tony? Right. You know? Yeah, while he's just, not even really in a significant like storyline or anything. Like, no, just, and just staring out to the crowd <laughs> that's not there, just like. I think that's probably what's going to happen. But yeah, dude, this like. And this match was such a great clash of, like... The brawlers and the high flyers. Yeah, and Bucks is, like, you know, pinnacle sort of jerks fighting two, like, <laughs> pure, like, babyface, like, anti-hero characters. Like, yeah, I, I absolutely what, love the match. I don't know why, but, like, uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston just reminds me of, like, like a power group. Like a tag team of like mega wrestling. Oh, it's like mega like, powers, totally. Yeah, mega powers or like um, the two man power trip with like Stone Cold <laughs> and Triple H. Like I know that like they're not quite both on that same level, but there's just something about them. Like it's like oh, I didn't know we were allowed to put them together. That's so cool, dude. Like, it, that is what natural, it's like. Yeah, it's like and they have Attitude Era energy, and it's such a great way for Mox to like still just be ripping it while not in the title scene. Right, I remember you being like, I don't know what he's going to do now. And it's like, well, here's something that's even as good as what he was doing before, if not, like, I don't know, better yeah. in some ways. Because that, there are moments throughout this match where it's like, oh, that's like, we're going to be seeing replays of that moment over and over and over totally. again. Oh, yeah, there were some Dude. absolutely <laughs> wild moments. In this and match. just like at the start of the match, like Cutler, they throw down a violent crown on Cutler before the bell even rings. And <laughs> there was great. There was a lot of like stuff going on outside the ring here without oh. it like feeling like too chaotic. Yes. I mean, it was chaotic, but not in the bad way of like New Japan. Like the match is going to end with this, but just like it just adding to the overall atmosphere uh, of the match. Uh, just like there was always something going on there outside the ring. You know, Meltzer driver on the uh, on the ramp. You know? Right, the interference didn't really interfere with the match at all. Because it was like, I think that's the way it has to be done, though. Is like, I was confused who Eddie was jumping off the apron onto until I seen that it was Oddity's Luke Gallows with his tie-dye shirt, <laughs> uh, with his Kurgan tee. Um, I didn't recognize that it was him right away. Speaking of jumping off, there is an amazing moment that was coined, uh, I think, by Excalibur as the Dior's Day device, (laughs) which is they did the Doomsday device on one of the Bucks, uh, and Mox just hit him with the Dior shoes. Uh, Absolutely sick. Dude, yeah, and then, like, about, like, halfway through the match, like, there's a huge hot tag for Mox. He comes in with a big missile dropkick, throws Matt Jackson across the ring like he's some kind of big hoss, and then hits a pile driver on Nick Jackson. Then another pile driver on Matt Jackson completely clears the ring himself. And just like, I don't know, yeah, it's just cool to see him. You are right. The two the two band power trip comparison is cool because it's like he he and Kingston are doing the things that like we love to see them do in wrestling matches in these yeah. isolated moments where like maybe one of them is like down and out on the outside or something and they are having to fight off two guys of their own and kingston and mox that's why they're such a great tag team too because the two of them it's believable 
like that one of them could win a handicap match against the tag team. Also. Yeah, like, totally. Absolutely. Especially Mox. Yes. Especially Mox. I think that's what but makes yeah. them like such a great tag team for sure. And speaking of that, it t- t- took four BT triggers oh from both of the Bucks. Knees on Mox. Three of them, he didn't even go down. Fourth, finally took him down uh, for the one, two, three. Again, we could really see this match happening again. I would watch it. It was a, a, a very typical Bucks spot fest match. You got to give it to them. They're in like probably like nine of the ten best tag matches uh, in AEW history. Like just really always delivering. And yeah, my new favorite tag team. They need a name. The Wild Things, like you said. A minus A from myself and John. Terrific. Absolutely match. loved it. Yeah. Hey, where do you think the Bucks go from here? Uh, what like who do you think is going to win the belts from tag them? titles next? I, I'm still going to go with my choice of um, proud and powerful. I think that them, you know, sort of talking about going off on their own. I don't think that means they're going to leave the inner circle because they won the GD match, but um, I think they're going to really try to make a name for themselves in the tag team division, which they never really have done. They've always just been kind of. You know, cronies. Obviously, they had one of the best AEW matches ever against Best Friends at the par- parking lot brawl. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think that anyone else is is really on the level of like the Young Bucks right now. Like, I think FTR would be a great choice, but that would be heel versus heel, which I don't think they're going to do. Um, yeah, it's a significant win. So, like, it has to be. I think it's like there are ta- obviously there's lots of tag teams that like could beat them and it would be like oh okay well, like, yeah Lucha like Bros best could, Lucha could Bros best friends even like Butcher and the Blade or like as like a surprise that like you know I don't see I don't see best friends or Butcher and the Blade being it's not it has nothing to do with how good they are but just like on that level in AEW right now where they could get that win against the Bucks I don't I think I don't so but I, back to I think PMP <laughs> is a good shout because yeah they they when are when they're given the opportunity they throw down hard like the yeah. in the parking lot brawl as you mentioned and yeah we haven't got we haven't seen the best of them yet and, or even like seeing them against i want to see pmp against every tag team in AEW, basically 100 percent, yes 100 percent. casino battle royal not not too much to report here it, it was a fun match it's usually more fun to just watch who comes out yeah it's <laughs> like a, it's a it was a fun like it's like where it was placed and like what it is it's like a fun it's fun to watch regardless of what happens or regardless of like how good the overall battle royal yeah. is. Like battle royals are just always fun to watch. It's like it's the exact same as the Royal Rumble. Yes. It's like Doesn't a bad matter. Royal Rumble is fun to watch. A great Royal Rumble is one you want to go back to. I wouldn't go back to this match. Uh, had some nice moments. Great to see Leo Rush in here. He oh, did get signed yeah. to NJPW, so it was really cool to just see him kind of grace us with his presence. Although he got. Eliminated like thirty seconds afterwards, so I'm not quite sure what the point is if he just signed with NJPW. But I think it was a good wild card. Like it actually made it was like I don't think I've seen anybody guess that it could be Leo Rush. Like right. I, I've saw I I've, I've read so many different people, and I don't think I had read his name one time. So usually like it, it's someone who gets signed afterwards. It's nice that and it establishes it, it actually a surprise. Yeah, as yeah. someone that's like, oh, this is a person. If you're paying attention to like GCW or New Japan. You are excited to see there. You're right in saying that he only got a minute, so it's like, well, we'll get to see more of him probably. Uh, but yeah, it's great. It's so great the like 
Jungle Boy Christian ending was perfect. Came down to Jungle Boy versus Christian. They did the right thing. They put Jungle Boy over. I was a little worried they were going to put Christian over, and the crowd actually booed him earlier in the match when he when he uh, threw at somebody. I can't remember who it was, but it was someone younger. Was it one of the acclaimed? And, maybe there uh, was it might a, have been actually. there was there was quite a few jeers when the acclaimed one was thrown out. Uh, Max Caster. Yeah, he's the, the he's uh he's fire right now. But yeah. Um, they did the right thing. They gave us the sing-along. And also, Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega is going to be such a great match. Dude. We are going to see Christian versus Kenny Omega. I do believe that. Might even happen at... Probably uh, like a Fighter Fest match or something. I think it might be an all-out, honestly. Just depending on how much they want to push Christian. But I don't think he's going to win. I don't know. Yeah, that seems like... In my mind, the match is not as big as it... Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I mean, it's like cool. It's not that big of a deal to us, but think about Tony Khan. Yeah, true. But I just think, like, with All Out, if all, like, hypothetically, let's say, Somebody like... Somebody please think of Tony Khan! <laughs> if Hangman Page is winning at full gear, like, let's say he is, I don't think, like, one of Kenny's last defenses would be against Christian. Just doesn't seem, like, significant enough. Um, we'll see. But, uh... uh we, gave, we gave the Battle Royal a B. It was fine. Cody Rhodes versus... The American Dream Cody Rhodes versus the governor, Anthony Agogo. Uh, probably the the worst storyline going into this, and I think easily the most forgettable match. Dude, how good is the song Tarzan Boy? Uh, it's the best. <laughs> they, gave, they gave us the sing-along, my dude. Sorry, I did not mean to start into this next match without acknowledging uh, the Jungle Boy song. I, I gotta say... Thank you, Tony Khan, for buying it in perpetuity. I had never heard the song prior to Jungle Boy using it. And now have, have you listened been to, to a that lot of Italian discos. Baltimore album. It's a sick track, six track oh, album that that's on, and I've been listening to it on repeat. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> my Zoom just said playing music? Question really? Mark. Yeah, <laughs> it thought that that was music. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get this episode flagged for uh, yeah. My god, that sounded exactly like the song. Are you playing it out loud on the? Podcast? That was also partly a bit I, I because like I this is just a match that didn't know, really you, need to I, be on I, the the card. I also don't um, want to talk about the substance of this match. I would like to talk about how adding this American UK angle to it, other than being obviously in like kind of poor taste to do just like a rah rah American angle yeah. in 2021. Also, just like put this narrative on the match where. A go-go really should have gone over. This should have been the moment. Like, Cody's put over other people. He's put over people in defeat. But this really felt like a moment where the student should have beaten the teacher. Yes, absolutely. And I don't get the point of the story if a go-go loses. Like, it it doesn't elevate a go-go. And it doesn't elevate Cody because he just beat, like, a person who's only fought, like, two matches. So, yeah. Uh, and we're both big Cody fans. Like, I mean, I... Yeah. have loved Cody's work I mean, in a lot of promotions. Like, going all the way back to, like, him versus Dalton <laughs> Castle at Final Battle and Ring of Honor, or, like, Ibushi yeah. versus Cody at Wrestle Kingdom. And then, yeah, no. just all of his matches Match in wise AEW. Match-wise, like, against Dustin, yeah. uh, against Kingston, against Brody Lee. The way he builds like, up younger stars and new totally. people. Totally. And, yeah, just this, this storyline, I absolutely just, just did not like it all. Uh, yeah. I think maybe, potentially my least favorite storyline ever in AEW. Uh, I don't know. The Bucks were fined 
Yeah, I, that's how much I dislike the storyline. I'd rather <laughs> it be about uh, Anthony Agogo getting fined by Cody for something. Um, but yeah, I thought Anthony should have won. I mean, he's I, I remember his like first the first promo package they did for Agogo like a, a while ago, maybe like a year ago uh, on early episodes of Dark, and it, I was like, wow, I don't know who this is, but I'm excited to see him. Just has this guy that's like a pure athlete's coming in, and he's gonna seemingly rip it up, and. Oh, like- yeah, he threw down like a crazy frog splash in this match. Like there are that he is going to be so fun to watch. I wish he would have won, and it just was like a like you said, uh, student mentor, student teacher. Like and a go go wins. There's apparently longer plans for this, despite the fact that Cody has already beat now a go go on a pay per view and QT on Blood and Guts. Yeah, now we get to see Dynamite. Again. There's like a tag team between the. QT, Agogo, Cody, and someone else that I can't remember right now. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't feel like I need to see um, more of not it. Not really but, into it. Uh, not yeah, really into not it. very into it. But something that I was very into was AEW Presents Street Fighter Two Turbo, Miro versus Lance, Ar- <laughs> Lance Archer. Uh, it's horse time! <laughs> yeah, I really Lance can Archer hear, do- like... Suicide dove out the ring oh my right God. at the start of this match and almost decapitated himself. <laughs> yeah. Like that he, was wild. He basically pile drove himself into the <laughs> outside. I was like, "Oh shit, dude!" Like, and then they're both just co- meeting mid mid ring with like stereo lariats, huge def- lariats against each other. Really, you can visually see like a little plane flying uh, <laughs> from the Murder Hawk Mansion, um, and just like yeah, it seems that their characters seem like they would have been in Street Fighter. Uh, it's round one fight just want to say it's really sick how different this feels from all of the matches that darby had as tnt champion it almost feels like it's for a new title now i felt like that exactly the same when it went from cody to darby because cody was really defined by that like open challenge right thing and just like fighting people like who's it gonna be uh and then darby was just having like sick matches with with some of the heels and then um yeah now we have uh the new NJPW never open weight division <laughs> in AEW. Yeah, you mentioned it being like the FTW division, which yeah, throwing in a bunch of wild like matches with like Wardlow, Luchasaurus, Hager, Brian Cage, Miro, Archer, like totally. Oh my gosh! I also really three hundred five live. <laughs> oh yeah, Our favorite running internet joke. Um, dude, Miro throwing down, like, six really sick X-Pac leg lariats, like, those roundhouse kicks that he's throwing down. That was like, sick. X-Pac leg lariat from Miro, and then just, like, moonsaults from Archer. Again, <laughs> all the big men can move so much yes. in, oh my in God. this company. Dude, yeah, and I thought there was a moment right at the end of this match where I was like, whoa, is Archer gonna win? Where, speaking of big men that can move, like, the choke slam that... Uh, Archer oh threw down gosh. on Miro, the hang time that, on that too, oh like my lord. huge air, but the, and then like he gets him up for the everybody dies, but then that's reversed into a game over. Uh, Miro pull, he doesn't, puts him he down. He doesn't tap out. He passes um, out. It's again, another great way to make him look not as weak. Archer, he doesn't tap out. He passes out. Yeah. So he still looks strong in defeat. He like held on until he lost all of his oxygen. Um, I'll tell you what this match didn't need was a fake snake death. Where Jake oh. brings in a bag, doesn't open it, gets thrown in the ring. Miro, a known animal lover, <laughs> kicks the <laughs> snake halfway across Daly's place. Didn't need that. Uh, a very, very good match. Very strong. Uh, we gave it BB plus. 
Um, My memory kind of blanked that out, actually, as we were talking about it. I, like, remembered all of the great... You have a very rosy memory. Like, I found that's the difference between us. I guess that's true. remember all the good things, and I remember the the shitty things. I'm like, oh, my God, remember when they fucked up that move? And you're like, didn't notice it, bro. I guess that's true, dude. I was drawing this drawing for Taz. (laughs) You don't remember Taz texting John, like, right before Dynamite (laughs) is on the air. Like, two minutes. Like, dude, you're on commentary. Get ready. Stop texting John. Do your job. Just kidding. Love you, Taz. So, um, next match was the AEW Women's Championship match. Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker. We all knew this was going to be the end of Shida's reign. Yep. Uh, I think it was a it was a really, really good match. Uh, they had some really good chemistry. It sucks that in the whole year that Shida was champion, that she was not given really any substantial storylines, story um, you know, any promos. Not, you know, it was just mostly just like, Here's her match. Here's her opponent. You know, it's always a sick match. She does track record speaks for itself. But um, yeah, it's just it's 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 too bad that her championship reign was so kind of uh, underused because we now know that Britt Baker's going to come and just dominate the show. We'll have her, you know, her her show within a show happening again, and yeah, she's going to be like a superstar AEW Women's Champion. And it's pretty well documented how much we've loved Sheeta's work in ring, uh, yeah. and also. You, how much we kind of were hoping for some stories to come through for her. Well, she's a sick character. She has a great look. Like, I love seeing her training on the beach and stuff. Oh, like, totally. Those kicks yeah. by the water. Like, that's awesome. You know, we just we, we just need to see more of her. That's pretty much it. Dude, like, super memorable end to her reign, though. Like, the mat, the strikes in this match. It's like we were watching a New Japan match. Like, <laughs> Crowd was absolutely wired. Sick knee strikes from Shida. Uh, Sheeta re- also wrenching Britt's nose, working a little bit of that heel dynamic that uh, Deeb was bringing, uh, which could be an interesting double turn if like fans just keep loving Britt. She might have to just be a face uh, at a certain point. I think, yeah. Like, well, I think also it's like maybe she's just in between both. Like, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Her heel tendencies are what it's. Yeah, it's like she's. It's funny because it's like what's great about AEW too. It's like she started as a face. It's like. Nobody likes the dentist. Going to the dentist. Why is she a face? She's a natural, like heel, just in the way that she. Now she's being loved. And it's the it's like, the stone. It's like the Stone Cold. It's the no. It's the Rock. It's exactly yes, the Rock. Rock yes. my via. I'm a baby face. <laughs> Fuck you, Rocky. <laughs> I'm a heel. Do you smell? Yeah, Rocky like, sucks. Oh, we love you. He yeah. then yeah throws out a bunch of promos and it becomes the highest grossing people's champ man. movie star and people's champ. Uh, People love Brit. I remember just like showing uh, my friend Alexis like a picture of Brit, like with the bloody nose, like oh, after yeah. having fought like Thunder Rosa, and she was like, "Who is this? I love this person." Dude, you know, yeah. Like, Anytime she's on screen, Siobhan comments on like her makeup or like different like, just like her mannerisms yeah. and stuff. Like she definitely she's, is like she has she has a star making potential. Like she's absolutely she, she connects with people. She could be a great crossover star. So she's I gonna have a sick on, reign. Like, could see her on like you know. Stephen Colbert or something like that. Oh and yeah, like making yes. fun of him and really connecting with an audience. Right. She. But yeah. She, like, that's a good point. Actually, she is someone that like, yeah, in the Attitude Era when like Stone Cold or The Rock would appear on like Good Morning America or something, and like their character could, could just do exist. A good Morning America so well. Oh my god. That's a that's a interesting. Yeah, because there's not a lot of wrestlers that I could think of where it's like they could just show up and bring their entire thing that they're doing within professional yeah. wrestling and then just apply it to it would fit quite nicely on like that kind of a, a program yeah it has that dynamic it's like wow we have this champion 
She's yeah. great. She, and then all of the packages that they could put together of the matches she's had, too. Like, dude, yeah, yeah it was great. It's cool to see her win in front of a huge crowd. And, you know. She hit some, a sick sling, sling blade, sick air raid crash. You know, she hit back with some of those diving elbow strikes. But, uh. Oh, my gosh. And then the end of the match, too, had, like, so many close two counts. It was like a minutes, takeover match. Uh, the last five minutes were absolutely incredible. If the whole match had been like that, it would have been like an A plus match. But the last five minutes were, yeah, like, like you said, like a crazy reversals uh, NXT takeover match. Yeah, Britt uh, threw down like a super kick, then a curb stomp with a belt. Sheeta kicks out of that, fires back with a jumping knee strike, a Tamashi, and only a two and a half pin down Britt there. Just these big sequences of huge moves and kickouts. It really did feel totally. like, oh, sick. This is like. Takeover energy, like I think the last, yep. like apart from I guess yeah, Britt Baker's just bringing that energy because she had that match with Thunder Rosa, the uh, that f- had that sort of feeling, that chaotic feeling too. In my mind, I was like the last totally. time I sort of like felt this way was maybe like Kojima versus Osprey uh, when they did like uh, that like Takeover style match in New Japan. But totally, yeah, totally. <laughs> Huge pop for Baker winning, um, B plus from us. I, I can't wait to see can't wait to see more of this. Speaking of the moments of the pay-per-view that just like were absolutely like electric. Sting coming out, taking off his t-shirt to show that old uh what do you call it? Uh singlet. The the Sting singlet. Like I wasn't even a huge Sting guy. I think you weren't either, but like that gave me chills. Dude, like, I awesome. didn't think I w- would care as much as I did. Like I have liked Sting, but you and I both have been like, okay, we've checked in with Sting enough. But dude, Scorpio's guy hits a suplex on the entrance wrap right at the start. Sting no sells, pops up, follows Scorpio pops over up. to the chip, the poker chip, throws Scorpio off the poker chip, then jumps off of the poker chip onto Ethan Page and Scorpio. Rips it like you said, rips his shirt off. Is in classic Sting gear, and it's like, oh, dude, there's who I played in WCW and totally. Revenge over Revenge. and over again. Yeah. And now I Absolutely. can't wait to play that character in AEW's video and game. Sting is taking bumps in this match. Like he dives off, even though there's like guys to carry him. Like it's, you know, he's still taking some bumps on the, on the outside. He's throwing down six stinger splashes. He got like three hot tags in this match. Dude. Yeah. It really reminded me of like matches that really over deliver, like the, the Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle versus uh, Triple H and Stephanie at the WrestleMania bad bunny. Uh, versus uh, The Miz at WrestleMania. Um, Goddamn. This was just such a fun match. Like, he was he was, he was was running wild in this match. Just, like, taking out suckers. Yeah, I want to see Sting in real life now. Like, I want to see... Sting in real life sounds like a, like a, like a TV show or something. Uh, <laughs> Sting in real life. Uh, you know, I don't always have the face paint on. Sometimes I'm just hanging out with my kids, walking my dog. Sting in real life. life. Dude, <laughs> Darby with the Spike Dudley spot, that was absolutely insane. Dude, uh, Ethan, Ethan Page's Page power. Launched like, him out of the ring into the front row. He's like, kind of, to me, like, I don't know how tall he is or how big he is, but I feel like he's got, it's almost like Billy Gunn, where it's like, you don't think Billy Gunn is that big. But Billy Gunn is actually and huge and there. strong. And yeah. I think Ethan Page is similar in that way, where it's like, wow, he's like. Yeah, he could be in the FTW division along with all the other hosses you just <laughs> named. Uh, I love the Page Scorpio tag team. I think they're great heels that work together, make people look good, very good matches. Man, speaking of Sting doing moves, he hit a code red yeah. in this match. Like <laughs> that was absolutely sick. insane. I cannot wait to play as Sting in the new 
AW video game. Uh, gonna be awesome. One of my favorite moments of the match, um, Sting's got Paige in the Scorpion Deathlock, and Darby is in a leg lock from Scorpio. And sometimes they do that spot where like two members of the same tag team are in a are in submissions and they'll meet and kind of hold each other's hands and be like, don't dip, don't dip. <laughs> but in this case, it was like two people, Darby and uh, Paige uh, from different tag teams, and they just met in the middle and start to try to poke each other's eyes out. Dude, that's like, such a great each moment. Eyes. So sick. I love that Paige uh, is bringing like all this history with Darby Allen that they had on the indies yeah. as well. I can't wait to see more matches between them. Darby has just established himself as an absolute superstar who doesn't need a title at this moment to be, to get a huge pop and to put on a great match. So, uh, yeah, John gave it an A minus. I gave it a B plus, B plus, A minus altogether. Um, way over delivered. Thought this was going to be my least favorite match of the night. Really, it's like one I think about. Yeah, that Sting dive. That was the other thing that I think I've rewatched the most in terms of like youtube gif form like stings dive and mox and kingston entrance he brought it like those are my two favorite moments 62 and like he wrestled that match there was no like it was the same with bad bunny it was like i thought they're going to protect him he's really it's going to be damien priest that wrestles most of the match so in this case i was like okay it's going to be mostly darby and it's like it's like no actually sting was in the match way more than darby was yeah it was an expertly Uh, built match where everything kind of like was around big moments with sting it was awesome yeah love it so sick classic triple threat match for the AEW title Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy I feel like if you've seen Kenny Omega versus Pac or you've seen Pac versus Orange Cassidy you probably have a pretty good idea about how great this match is going to be um this is yeah just another new classic AEW match yeah I love this match like you said just thinking of some of the best matches that have happened since AEW has started by far, Kenny Omega versus Pac Iron Man match uh, on Dynamite, yeah. and also Pac versus Orange Cassidy in Orange Cassidy's first like really big match on Revolution. And uh, yeah, where we finally learned that like Orange Cassidy, I mean, other people who had seen him before knew, but a lot of audiences did not know how much he could go. Yeah, do not lump me in with people who thought Orange Cassidy couldn't go. Uh, I've known, bro. Sorry, is this a joke on where I always lump you in with the internet commentators? Uh, you, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, touche, John. Okay. Um, Overall, dude, this match just like, yeah, Pac is wild. I can't wait till he's champ and like he, dominant heel champ. Like, I mean, I, 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 and I love champ, this ring for definitely. Omega right now. Omega yeah. entering wrapped in belts. Like, what a cool visual with Callus coming out too. And, you know, he's got four belts three three championships but four three championships belts. but one of them has yeah two belts right and it's been a really long time since we've seen rise of the terminators in aw but right with a crowd oh my back. god dude it was oh and the that crowd clapped along too like at that yeah it's like oh dude yeah it's like yeah we got those moments that and like just the bucks kind of returning to their like just the the great sort of like heels that we knew them as years ago like so yep. cool to see those shades of those things that we loved, but then they're also doing these things in new ways. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like now, now the heel version of, of the guy that we saw versus Okada pulling off those sick moves. Um, this was just like, just had that, that third man chaotic energy going through the entire match. One of my favorite moments was um, Omega's going for the Avalanche German on the top rope from uh on, on oc and oc hulks out and rather than getting in a move just like 
puts his hands in his pockets to just like the biggest pop from the crowd. Yeah, um, it's interesting too. Uh, this is uh, kind of in response to what you just said that like I don't know what, why, but like Omega and the Bucks both work so well as heels. Like I don't know if that's like a part of. It's weird that that matters so much. Like I mean, it's story and what you connect with, but like because the Bucks and Omega were such great heels in New Japan. And that is one of the reasons why we were all drawn to them then. And then it's like, okay, well, now they're kind of like the Bucks, at least last year. It was kind of confusing whether they were faces or heels. And in my mind, it's like those things don't shouldn't matter that much. But they do really matter a lot because... They do matter, like, how you're connecting to a match. Like, yeah. how the character connects to the storytelling in the match. Like, it all has stuff to do with... As far as, like, why... I think there's something really great about heels who win. Like, heels... It's like Switchblade, yeah, or MJF, yeah. yeah. I guess more so maybe Switchblade, because he, like... It's just, like, people who don't cheat, like... Okay, that's a bad thing to say, because Kenny obviously has cheat a lot, but, like, <laughs> Kenny's got the goods. Like, nobody thinks Kenny doesn't have the goods to, like, to win a match. Right. And just, just being so good and being such an asshole, there's something so compelling about that. I guess that's the difference, too. It's, like, we know he is capable of winning this match as a wrestler and as a heel he's like well i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna hit pack with the belt four times and yeah i'm just it's like his, he's always got an insurance plan yeah oh my god dude yeah just like at the start of this match with or like you were saying orange cassidy ripping it up huge swing ddt on kenny and then pack follows that up with an acai moonsault it's like oh it's so great to see pack in action in this way where like he just gets these moments to like do those huge moves. Both like all three of them, they have such like totally. explosive styles where it's like huge moves Can- that are like very methodically placed throughout a match. But then also have just have the potential to just explode. Like Kenny's going for the one wing angel on pack, but instead just like shoves him down, grabs him, and deadlift German suplexes him. Oh, I love uh, that move. Yeah, packs uh, reverses an avalanche one wing angel into a sunset bomb. Another moment, Pack hits a avalanche German on Kenny and just like snaps back and just like falls so hard on the ring. It's like, this looks like it would kill a normal person. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely wild. Fight forever, fight forever from the crowd. It was that kind of match. It really was, yeah. And, you know, at the end, Orange Cassidy has the win. He hit the orange punch. Hits the orange on punch. On Pack. Uh,. Bryce Remsburg gets a two count and then Callus pulls him out of the ring. And this is another instance. They only didn't have too many instances of interference in the, in the matches. What, what are the only two instances of interference in the night in the Bucks and Omega's match? Can't think of another one. Like, yeah. Cause Brian Cage refused team Taz's help. So that yep. was like different. Yep. And yeah. And then in the Bucks match, it didn't work out. And then in Omega's match, it, it was a successful interference and in that it saved the match as a last a ditch effort. And then we got the great, I never thought the belt collector, never considered that the belt collector storyline could lead to Kenny hitting someone with a belt. And now the more belts he gets, the more like annoying more that's going to be. Yeah. And the more yeah. hits like, and the more that when the last, you know, hangman moves out of the way on the, on the last oh my gosh, and ducks it, rolls belt. out, and then hits a buckshot. Buckshot Larry. Can't wait. Main event was uh, Stadium Stampede 2. Didn't quite hit the heights of Stadium Stampede 1, but uh, I-, I loved the energy of the whole match. Like, there were just so many different settings. It felt like moving from scene to scene in No Mercy. 
on the 64 like yeah from backstage. absolutely like, now you're in the bar pool room now you're in like the the boiler room area like it was that but with the jags building so it's like you had hager and wardlow fighting in a meat locker in the backstage storage sammy guevara and sean spears fighting in the chairman chambers <laughs> which is just a bunch of chair like the chair storage but with like very dramatic like I kind of thought that he was going to break out in song at first, Sammy, because it looked like, I don't know, like a scene from Chicago. Very theatrical, yeah. Very theatrical. Yeah, FTR and uh, PNP fighting in the bar room. Just beating everybody up. Beating like everybody up each before other beating each other <laughs> yeah. up. That was super That scene sick. looked very fun to film. Like, film. Oh, like absolutely. It seemed like that probably, like, throwing the fake beer bottles at each other. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then also uh, MJF and, well, really Jericho just beating the shit out of MJF <laughs> through the entire backstage of the Jags. Right. Through the coaches' offices, into the corporate offices. Uh, uh, Tony Khan's dad makes a uh, cameo as a stand-in, stand-up stand uh, cutout. What do you call those? Cardboard cutout? Whatever. Standee. Uh, I love how it, like, really let each of these uh, moments kind of play out for a while. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't it didn't cross-cut till the end. It was like, here's, like, a three- to five-minute fight. Here's another one. Here's another one. And then only later in the match did it start to, like, cross-cut. Um, really cool that it ended up with uh, Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears, uh, who were the last two in the middle of the ring. Your favorite and, AEW uh, wrestler, Sean Spears. Uh, <laughs> in the main couldn't, event. Couldn't quite, another, couldn't quite pull it off the win, though. Cool that Sammy got the pin. Uh, yeah, so, so cool that they gave Sammy the rub of having the win in this main event of this huge AEW pay-per-view shows again, like how much this show was about building up the next generation with jungle boy, getting a big win, Sammy Guevara getting a big win, you know, Darby Allen getting a big win, Britt Baker getting a big win. Uh, really everyone except a go, go <laughs> dude. Yeah. And just like, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's obviously hard to top the first stadium stampede because none of us knew what it was going to be. And Although Inner Circle Ghost Protocol came very close when it started, I off loved the just intro. Repelling off yes. of the uh, big that, scoreboard, that Mission Impossible introduction was great, and just yeah, they did a great job doing something new with something that had very high expectations attached to it. Uh, I really liked how it incorporated the live crowd. Um, you have MJF looking I think like it was a maniac. The newness of the first one like, that really like got to us. Now it's obviously right. there's going to be a little bit of diminishing returns, but like the Casino Battle Royal. I would watch this once a year. Yeah, and I would want to rewatch both separately. Like, I would want to rewatch this Inner Circle versus Pinnacle and Elite versus Inner Circle. Um, you know, I'd rewatch both of them. I think they're both great in their own right. Uh, and didn't feel too much like, okay, we did that last year, so we have to do this again. It felt like, okay, who is in this and why? And what are we going to do yeah. that will make this new? And yeah, and then the ending with uh, a huge explosion. And the crowd singing along to Judas, like such a great feel good ending and not what I thought how it was going to end. But, you know, uh... I thought that Pinnacle was going to go over and defeat the inner circle until Pinnacle pile drove Jericho and like Sammy into the chairs, into the tables at the end of the last dynamite. And I was like, well, obviously inner circle is going to win all this like like inner circle history. It's all just a fake out for them actually winning. Um which is cool. Like I, inner circle, they're, they're not my favorite. I think it's a little bit played out, but you know, at least they're doing something different and, and, and being faces at this point. 
And yeah, they've pivoted. It feels like everything feels. Jericho has done. Jericho has been so many different things in AEW so far and done so many different, like, it's very uh, selfless performer, like, really great at helping people look great. Like, his match with Jungle Boy definitely helped uh, establish Jungle Boy in some ways. His, him, his feuding with Darby at the beginning also definitely, like, another, like, significant moment that uh i feel like helped push darby forward i just remember i can yeah. kind of remember in my head recall like darby and mox standing in the ring together like looking at the inner circle during early AEW, like oh man this is sick where is this gonna go and so you know jericho yeah. is one of the one of the absolute pillars and and probably you know the sole reason that this even exists seems also like, potentially like he's going to be the commentary uh for rampage based off of tony Khan's oh my comments. god uh, I want this so bad. Uh, Jericho is my like favorite heel commentator. Like with apologies to Taz, who is also incredible. I love Jericho. Jericho yelling at Shivani. Like it's got to be Jericho and Shivani. Probably will. Well, Tony Khan, did you watch the media scrum? I did not. He said that the commentator is going to be someone that is already on their roster. That is a huge known star. That's great on commentary. So it's not Paul White. Paul White is his. Paul White's theme music is the elevation song well it's elevation (laughs) so i don't think so no um i guess no and it's not mark henry either because mark henry is an analyst he's not a commentator great to know i would love to see it be jericho i have i think we should we put together our our ideal commentary teams for all three shows or i guess oh true yeah for yeah the uh, next episode overall dude double or nothing absolutely Killer pay-per-view. killer pay-per-view i can't a- wait to see dynamite friday match. yeah Might just take. like me too man uh dude aw rules aw rules this has been another episode of the torture rack podcast you can follow my co-host john f malta at john f malta on all social media you can follow me mark bass at waste of taste on instagram you can follow us at torture rack on instagram Feel free to send us a message if you want us to, if you have any comments or want us to talk about something on the show. And hey, if you're listening to us on Apple Music, Spotify, or one of those other podcast providers, feel free to give us a review. It really helps us find new listeners and build the torture rack. Whoop pack.